Um, we're going to be talking about the fact that emergency um, protection orders just continue to be um, applied for, I guess, is the is the best way of putting it, more and more often. It's not slowing down. It's not getting any better. It's just continued to carry on. We've talked about this before, and, you know, the pandemic played into it and all the rest. There's all kinds of different reasons that this situation has become what it is, but regardless, it's uh, it's not good. So we're going to have a conversation now with Gwen May, who is a Provincial Court Duty Counsel with the Emergency Protection Order Program. Gwen, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I really appreciate you joining us today. Oh, thank you. So, so, so to start, let's just go through the definition. When we talk about an emergency protection order, was is that what a lot of us would think of as a restraining order that we've seen on TV? What is an emergency protection order? I mean, that's a good starting place. Uh, what makes it confusing is a restraining order is a civil protection order available in Alberta, but an EPO is also. It's uh, something different and specific. It was created out of legislation to address specifically family violence, whereas a restraining order is something you can get against anyone. Um, uh, EPO is specifically where the perpetrator is a family member, be that a spouse or a blood relation or someone related to you through marriage. Um, And it is designed to uh, protect people in situations where there's been family violence and it's um, so urgent or serious that they need immediate protection. Gotcha. Okay, so it's 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 more serious than what we would commonly think of as a restraining order then? Typically, yes. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, yes, yeah. Although um, people who aren't family members do encounter uh, serious situations too and would be going for a restraining order. Now, when we talk about the fact that these are being applied for more often, we're seeing more of this happening. What do we, how much more? What, what, what are you seeing? Well, when we track our numbers, it's been a 17% increase in the number of EPOs since 2018. Um, Certainly, I anecdotally from what I see, I think we're seeing situations um, where there may not have been violence, but people are forced back into a home together for financial reasons, um, where they've been separated, but they decided to try and cohabit, so they are only paying for one household. Um, In the elder abuse category, we see a lot of parents or grandparents allowing a violent individual, often their substance use or mental health concerns, into their home because they have nowhere else to go. So I definitely think financial factors and the pandemic have increased those potential for violent situations and then no other recourse but some kind of legal document to get the person away or out of a home. And the pandemic exacerbated this, right? We've been told that that just caused an increase in all of this kind of activity. Yes, and I think a big part is the social isolation um, because abusers thrive when there's no supports around. Um, So I think that is a big part of it. When we take a look at where we are now, I wonder, you know, with the pandemic and some of the stressors around that easing, we're right into a whole new group of what I imagine would be stressors with cost of living and inflation and gas prices and all the rest, financial stress. Um, So what are you anticipating in the coming weeks and months? Well, I don't anticipate that there'll be a sudden drop in EPO because of the pandemic lessening, because as you say, there's those financial stressors, which can be a big concern. Um, There's also just... Uh, we're all carrying a lot of internal stress um, with global conflict, um, just the state of the world right now, and that translates into the home as well and domestic violence. 
Also, just the numbers have never dropped since EPO has been a program with legal aid. It's steadily gotten more and more. Which begs the question... Is there another way? I mean, in term, this is this is the, the the method of last resort when everything else has exactly. failed. Is there a way to try and do this before we get to this point, Gwen? Yeah, and and you're it's a reactive measure. Yeah. It's, it only helps when something has already happened. Um, and I think absolutely. Um, and there's more talk about it. There's more partnerships. I think. Um, in the city, like with senior protection and elder abuse and resources for people to go to. I think what we have to understand um, to move away from this cycle is that anyone can be subject to family violence. Um, It's not going away because the victim makes the decision they won't put up with it. If we all as a community are aware of it, and prepared to provide support, and we have a collective response. To me, that's the answer to ending family violence. Okay, well, a lot of work to be done. We've talked about it a lot. Hopefully we see something uh, change in time. Gwen, thank you so much for your time, and thank you for the work you're doing. Oh, well, thank you. I'm really happy to talk about it. Yeah, I appreciate you joining us. That is Gwen May, who is a Provincial Court Duty Council lawyer with the Emergency Protection Order Program. And as she said, since it started... Right, we talk about the pandemic, and we talk about now the financial stressors and the fact that the 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 demand and the number of people seeking these orders going back to 2018 um, just continues to ramp up year after year after year. Um, it's never ever gone down. So yeah, maybe maybe the pandemic's made it worse. Maybe the cost of living is making it worse. But there's always something making it worse.